Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. Crossroads, lessons from the lives of three women in the book of Ruth. Crossroads. Heavenly Father, I bless your name. Your house is the house of joy. We are sobered by your hands in the affairs of this nation. Shaking to the core of our hearts because the way in which you move, they are beyond our imagination. Lord, we worship you. And in the same manner, we plead your mercy that those of us to whom you have committed the word of grace that will not be found wanting in these times. Where there is unrighteousness, we ask for grace and strength to overcome and live right. And where there is righteousness, we ask for humility that pride will not cause us to stumble. I pray that you will open the hearts of your people as I have prayed for clarity of speech going through the things we want to do this hour. There may be many here, young and old, that are crossroads in their lives. May the instruction from your word, Lord, bring clarity to them that they will take the right step for you today. There may be many here who have judged you wrongly May they see clearly that the perspectives of God are different from the perspectives of man. That together we may rejoice in your presence when we fully appreciate the great things you are doing. We bless you, our Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. There was a man by the name Terah. Terah had three children. One was called Abram. The second one was called Nahor. And the third one was called Haran. Haran had a son by the name of Lot. A daughter by the name of Milka, and also another child that is called by the name Iskar. Haran died, and according to tradition, Iska, being the first child, became the inheritor of the greater portion of his inheritance. Nahor married Milka, and we didn't know what happened to Iska. However, Abraham chose to take Lot along with their father, and they left the place where they were and went to a place called Haran. Sit down. Lot being the inheritor of all the things that, of being a firstborn, the major things that a father had, 
having the love of a grandfather who cared enough for him because of the things that had happened to the father and the devotion of an elder brother who would watch over him and so on and so forth. What kind of a child do you think Lot will be? I want to hear you. Hmm? Pampered. Spoiled child. Hmm. It's easy to say that. But I want you to see the image in your life in the people. The love of a grandfather, the inheritance that flowed to him by right, the devotion of an uncle. You can see that this young man, everything came to him how? Everything came to him easy. Then it will be no surprise the kind of heritage and progeny that will issue from this man. I'm trying to lay a foundation here. The name Lot itself means a veil. The things that surrounded him, the life of ease and so on and so forth that came to him made it impossible for him to do what? To see right. So that whatever it was, the imagery he saw had to do with the ease with which everything came around him. It could not make a difference between what was the real substance as against what was superficial. Are you with me? I've demonstrated to you, I believe it's Genesis 13, the things I've said, I'm just building up to something. We are still doing the introduction here. So that when the time came that the strife between Lot, who had plenty of wealth himself and the riches that were there also, and his uncle, Abraham, who will not hurt his brother's son, whom he loved and took responsibility for. And he said, Hey, let's not do what? Let's not strive. Look to the right. Look to the left. Whichever it is that you like, you can take it. And he saw the valleys, the green field, and so on and so forth. Bro, that's the one that I want. He did not know that behind six there was a seven. He did not know the sight of God to be able to penetrate a veil and see what is beyond. And when he moved, he did not actually remember the word that came to them was that they were dwelling in what? In tents. So he first of all moved his tent. He moved his tent. Not, he didn't go to Lot. He didn't go to Sodom and Gomorrah immediately. He moved his tent to a place that was kind of in between. 
and gradually, 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 the tent became a house in Sodom and Gomorrah. Thank you, Ginito. When the angels came in Genesis chapter 19, they found Lot sitting where? Who are the people who sit at the gate? The elders. When a people go from soundness of life and doctrine and whatever and follow the trail of prosperity to sit at the gates of darkness, what kind of reward do you expect them to get from God? It took the prayers of a righteous man. It took the prayers of a righteous man to spare the life of that. Part of the reason that we are asking you to pray for us and pray for those who appear to have issues now. Can somebody turn to that Genesis chapter 19? I'm still laying a foundation. The hospitality that he learned under the tutelage of his uncle was still not lost. The elements of belief that he had compromised Diluted, mixed up. Compromised, diluted, mixed up. Was still struggling to try and show up. And he brought them. Sit down if you can help us with the, with the, with the voice, with the sound. I think I can. It's, I can it's okay. No. Okay. And he said, Behold, now my Lord, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night. And wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the streets all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into the house. And he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Please, I want to just begin to draw little, little things from here. We said that Lot sat where? A person sitting at the gate is supposed to be who? And an elder carries what? What authority does this man carry here? None. You who we, we, we allowed you to stay here as a stranger, are you the one now to tell us this is the way we are going to behave? When you have 
kept quiet for so long that nobody knew what your stand was. It's now time for you to begin to pontificate amongst us. Please shut up! I'm going somewhere this morning. First of all, to parents and those of us, I'm not even talking about biological parents now, those of us who have a position of influence upon the lives of others. Because what starts with you, you don't know where it's going to end. You do not know where it will end. Loss of authority. Because ten different elements, I picked this from Chuck Swindoll, I've talked to you about him, one of my own favorite teachers, that are parallels for the nation. Post-Christian, post-Christian era, that I call it. Lack of authority. An authority that has been lost because we kept our mouth shut when we ought to be sounding the alarm and shouting, this is where I stand. They told him, please, it's enough. Go on, brother. One of the first things and that we find in our era is that no authority is valid anymore. Because we will have it so. Yet God has given us an unchallengeable authority, which is the world. What have we done with it? So when you speak to people around and they tell you to keep quiet, it's a reflection of what I have carried along. Yes, go, go on quickly, please. Behold, now, I have two daughters which have not known man. Uh-huh. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you. Hmm. And do ye unto them as is good in your eyes. You can see a man to whom morality has now become just a choice. It's no longer a standard given in the world. It's convenient. I can bargain it away. You might say, oh, he was trying to show hospitality. Will God allow hospitality to override his word? Talk to me, people. Morality in our times also is a choice. Many bargain it away on the basis of job. And I've listened to several of the ministrations of, 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 of Pastor Dele telling you, don't go and sleep with a man or just tell him because of a promise of marriage. Who says he will marry you? Morality Becomes a choice, as we see generally amongst us in Christendom and so on and so forth. It didn't just start today. It has its roots in a man of ease. And the world has taken a world of ease. Go on. I pray you, bring the, behold now, I have two daughters which are not known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you. And do ye unto them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came into sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And the press saw upon the man, even Lord, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand, and pulled Lord into the house to them. And shut to the door. And they smote the men 
that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto the Lord, Has thou here any besides, son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place? For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the Go place to of the Lord. 14, please, so we can save some time. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Hope, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But it seemed as one man that mocked unto his sons-in-law. those were the people to whom the daughters had been betrothed. What are the two handicaps that these two girls had? Talk to me, people. What are the two handicaps that they faced in their lives? Oh, please. It's not as hard. Just, shame is not. What are the two handicaps? Huh? The what? Weak father. Thank you. A father whose upbringing and everything himself has been ease. And then the second one is what? Hmm? Should be easy. Not only was he that the father's life, yes? Yes? Thank you, the environment. The father himself, his origin and everything that was about him was a life of his. And then these two children had the misfortune of growing up in an environment that was totally corruptive. Thanks for listening. Join us again on Wednesday for the concluding part of today's sermon. For more information on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng.